everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Uh, confused, irritable. Uh, what are some other side effects of this episode? Uh, chronic diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the usual stuff from the, season 23 Simpsons episode. Yeah, yeah. It's not... We're going to talk about a little bit about this and season 23 in general, I think. Um, we are not alone. We are joined by by Greg, my co-host of the Cult Video Vault. Greg, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Love my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not watching trapped. another fantastic episode of The Simpsons. I'm not trapped in this podcast I've created. Uh, oh lordy! I, okay, so I was on this. I was on this podcast like a while ago. When mm-hmm. we were first promoting the cult video vault, you said you said they got better, and I don't know, man. Not not yet. You gotta wait like a couple years from now, and maybe we'll start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go through about two seasons per calendar year, so in about two to three years, we might get to some better episodes. Yeah, we're gonna All get. Right. There's All gonna right. be one great episode in season twenty three. The cruise ship episode is legitimately at least a good episode. I haven't watched in a while. Um, so you mentioned it, Greg, what cult video vault, what people yeah. should go listen, right? Yeah. If you haven't heard of the cult video vault, Robbie hasn't been doing his job. I mean, uh, I do plug he it quite a promoting. Bit. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. We discuss uh, cult films and what makes them cult. And if we are part of the cult, uh, how we discovered these movies and a little bit of background behind them as well. But we are starting up season two, our our, our second season of uh, podcasting. We've already we have a whole season. You can go listen to it right now wherever podcasts can be heard. You'll hear our podcast. You should go listen right now. Go do it. Actually, let's finish this podcast, then go listen to the call. Yeah, yeah, that's probably, that's probably good. Go subscribe. Let, uh, to, to, to clarify, listen to this podcast. Don't watch the episode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> also, that's a very good point. Um, we are brought to you by Sports and Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. This week's episode is Mo Goes from Rags to Riches, episode PABFO5, originally aired January 29th, 2012, written by Tim Long, directed by Bob Anderson, received a 2.8 rating with 5 million viewers. The chalkboard gag, there's no proven link between raisins and boogers. I mean, that's probably true. I sure, sure. The couch gag is a repeat of the couch gag from How the Test Was Won, which is and coming to America. Um, but this is uh, a, the kind of a montage of the Simpsons doing uh, opening sitcom bits from many famous sitcoms. Um, we've seen it multiple times. It fills time. That is what this this couch gag does. It's long, so it fills time. It gets us them do have to do less episode. Uh, the guest, <laughs> prestigious Jeremy Irons, as I was hurting for work, man. I guess so. As the the bar rag, he just he was like, "Hey, my grandkids said that I should be on The Simpsons, so I'm going to be on The Simpsons." So, was this his first time on The Simpsons? Oh yeah, really? I, yeah, I think so. And I think I don't think he ever did anything again with The Simpsons. I think this is it. That's so. This is 2012. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Irons, up until this point, had never been on The Simpsons. That's really hard to fathom. Because, I mean, he he's not exactly a, a no-name. No, but it, it's this is the era where we get 
more prestigious actors who are just rounding out a resume, it feels like. It feels very much like... <laughs> it feels like, oh, I've done lots of good, important films. I was I was in... You know, I've, I've been... I've done Shakespeare, and I've worked with a lot of directors I've wanted to. Now it's time for me to be on The Simpsons, just to make sure it gets on my IMDb profile, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um it's this is Jeremy Irons is not alone in like doing like kind of an embarrassing guest spot on the Simpsons, but he is the, maybe the only one who's done the voice of an inanimate object and narrated an entire episode. Um, we've been hyping this one up, Matt, for a while. We have, uh, we have, we have, and it's not, I, it's when you are kind of inured to season 23 and the last couple seasons, honestly, you're just like, Oh, it's another bad one. Really, you're not going like, oh, wow, it's a Barag episode. It's weird. There's lots of weird, bad things in The Simpsons of this era. Um, <laughs> it's true, because well, I expected this to be so bad. And I really, it's just like, oh, it's season 23 episode. I mean, it's it's a little funky because it's just it's it's almost one of those um, anthology episodes of just The Simpsons throughout history kind of thing. Or, you know, like Simpson Tall Tales or something like that. I'm like, oh, it's just another one of those. It, it, other than that, meh. It's pretty much the same. It's, it's. Did you ever watch the old Goofy shorts where Goofy was just he wasn't Goofy, but he was like, oh, how to fish, how to do this. That's exactly what it felt like, where it's not really Homer and Marge There's somebody else. But Homer and Marge are playing all of these characters in these situations. I've never seen the Goofy ones, but the Simpsons have indulged in this. They indulge in this more now. In these seasons, because they again are easy, you can just pump them out. You just steal a, you know, a bit from a movie or from you know, oh, yeah. Homer's a Viking. It's like a Mel Brooks short. You know, you just do that, and it, you can piece them all together. There doesn't have to be a really coherent plot. Uh, you just throw a gag and like, oh, Homer's a Viking, and they use his head to break down a stone wall, things like yeah. that. Um, that's what begins with a town meeting at Moe's. Because there's a bed bug infestation at City Hall. <laughs> Matt is already groaning. <laughs> it took six I seconds. Just, sorry. Well, I, I just somebody asked this, uh, the question like, why is there a or Flanders asked why is there a bed bug or a bed at City Hall? I'm like, bed bugs just the name of the bug, Flanders. Like, uh. <laughs> sorry. Just... It's Matt. If that's the problem you have with this episode. There are a lot. That's the first one I'm going to go. <laughs> okay, first one. I, that's fair enough. Um, it doesn't, none of this matters. Like, again, this is just to get us to, to have, like, Mo around. You could easily just start this episode with the guys at Moe's. It would work exactly the same way. Uh, we have a, a Lionel Richie reference here where they, everyone's dancing to all night long. Wow, it goes on for so long. It does. It doesn't. There's no reason for it. Homer dances. No. Homer's dancing it's on the just wall. Like, hey, y'all like Lionel Richie. Let's go with this for like a minute and a half. Remember this music video from 30 years ago? 20 years ago, I guess at this point. But still, you're you're just like, what? Why? Why? Why, is, why are we getting this here? It doesn't make any. It's not like connected to anything. It doesn't matter. We get. It is a long sequence of like everyone dancing and celebrating uh, after a. Effectively is a city hall a town meeting. <laughs> like, why are we having a party? Okay, don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Uh, this is where we get, I guess, to a semblance of what this story is. Uh, because we kind of... There's two plots. They're both about friendship, sort of. Mm -hmm. uh, where we get 
uh, Lenny and Carl and the rest of the town's people kind of interrogating Mo about his best friend. And then we also get the B plot, which is Milhouse uh, basically ending his friendship with Bart. Hey, Mo, who's your best friend? Uh, well, uh, well, I just made friends with uh, Pepto Bismol on Facebook. And, uh, um, hey, would you look at that? There's a spot on a bar. Come on. Good, good. Oh. You know what? I think Mo's best friend is really that bar rag. <laughs> <laughs> That's even sadder than being friends with Millhouse. <laughs> you know something, Bart? I'm getting tired of things like that. Tired of what? I dump on you and you take it. That's how friendship works. Not anymore. Friendship over. Taxi! What gives? He's not crawling back. Even a kid who wears a Finding Nemo back brace has some pride. You went too far this time, Bart. <laughs> I don't know why this was the straw that broke the camel's back, but all right. I was going to say, we've do seen... You need a, do you need a Finding Nemo back brace? I mean... Maybe. Might help our postures. I mean, I need... My, I, I hate to say it. Maybe? I might. I'm honestly... <laughs> It might hurt. It might help. Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, this is not even like in the top 50 worst things Bart has said about Millhouse in the past five years of the show. So I don't know why this is the moment. This is the zinger that just breaks Millhouse's spirit. It's like, we're not friends anymore. Uh, it's a relatively like serious B plot. And when you put it next to this A plot, which is about a time traveling bar rag. It's not time traveling. I guess it it does travel through time, just in one direction. Well, then we're all time travelers, Robbie. <laughs> I mean, I do think about it that way. Like maybe you know, <laughs> it is it, we are traveling through time through the the, the storytelling through the gotcha. the yeah, through, yeah. through the through narrative the, the narratively yeah. we're we're traveling through the ages as we see this bar rag because that is what we get and it was really it is the most of this episode is just. We're in medieval France. We're in the Vikings. We're here's we're in Confederate yeah. South for some reason. Jumps, jumps time, jumps locale. It, yeah, we, and it like it's there's no sense to it. it. Is it seems very much like oh we had a joke for that time period, so we had it happen. Um, this right. is this is ostensibly based on a movie called The Red Violin. Oh, it is. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Matt, I did not realize Matt, that. Matt Matt has no, did not bother reading the Wikipedia entry on this episode. Um, it's ostensibly based on The Red Violin, which is a very classy film about you know a red a, a, a theoretically cursed musical instrument that. And it follows the similar structure where we follow it through the ages, through different hands, and, you know, doom visits upon every single person who's owned it. Um, but it's it is it's told in multiple, like, it jumps between different locales, and we get multiple languages in that film, and it's much more subtle. The violin doesn't talk. <laughs> so it's not... What? No. How, how are you just to understand what's going on? The violin doesn't talk. Right. Uh, well, you just like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie before, Matt, but you like, you watch it, (laughs) you watch things happen (laughs) and then the story is revealed. (laughs) 
What? You just don't have someone, you don't have an inanimate object yell at you what's happening. Which is, effect- sure? which is effectively what this episode is. Um, and this probably, I don't think I, I, I like this, Matt, I don't know how you feel about it. I, but obviously this episode is not good. But I do like it more than our last handful of episodes. Maybe just because of how silly it is. Like having Jeremy Irons just tell me what's going on from his perspective uh, from as a bar rag. I don't know. Whereas some some form of textile, because he starts out as a tapestry. <laughs> that's, I guess so. that's true. He's not always a bar rag. It's very tragic. So we 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 have the bar rag officially start speaking, and you're like, oh, that's Jeremy Irons' voice. Okay. Um, we are in medieval France to start with the the medieval French Simpsons. Uh, Homer's in wars. What do we know? What wars? I don't think it matters really. Um. I mean, it France ha- was in a lot of wars in the medieval period, so... Mm, okay, was, fair enough. I was, there, there wasn't even technically a France for most of the medieval period. There was just, you know... Baronies or what, whatever. We're not going to get into ancient uh, geography. Okay, good. <laughs> um, we do get Burns as like an evil feudal lord of some sort. I don't know exactly what he's actually supposed to be. It doesn't really matter. Um, he goes to medieval French Marge to commission a tapestry. Madame, I would like you to weave me a tapestry with the following images. Me healing the sick, me killing the healthy, me marrying my sister a long winter where nothing happens, me relaxing with friends. You know the standard stuff. For this, I shall pay you two copper coins. You have 25 years to complete it. You may have one 15-minute déjeuner. These innocent creatures are blocking my path. I could walk six paces that way, or I could kill them all right now. I'm heartily sorry and confess all my sins. Absolved. Allons-y. In their dying fury, those beasts began expelling demon wool. And the restless spirits of those murdered sheep compelled Marguerite to loom ceaselessly. So demon wool by dying sheep. That's how this all gets its start. Sure. You don't know? That doesn't work for you? That doesn't work for you, Matt? I mean, I guess as much as the rest of this episode works for me. <laughs> I, I kind of, I honestly, if this, this episode should be more macabre, if this is how it starts. That's, I think, my biggest, like, it again, tonally, it doesn't, it's it's very silly. It doesn't ever try, like, if it's going to start off this, like, dark, like, demon, for some, I don't know why these sheeps are, sheep are demon, uh, or or why their blood is, wool is cursed, or, or, or whatever. I mean, they could have just called it rage wool or something like that, <laughs> but no, it went demon wool. You're, Matt, you should be the writer. Rage wool. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I could come up with an episode this bizarre. I I don't... It's fine. Again, it's just... I don't know why they came up with this conceit, like this bar I guess talking, and we have to give it a reason why it's talking, and the reason is sheep got... Whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marge goes crazy, possessed by this demon wool or something, and starts weaving a prophetic tapestry uh over many years many 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 years uh there's a gag about homer losing limbs and having holes in him filled by other 
corpses. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, Homer's hole gets filled by another man. It does indeed happen. That is exactly what Homer. There's a hole inside of Homer, and it gets filled by a man. Can't. <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> A fantastic way to put that. I mean, that's what happens. I'm not lying. You are correct. You're, and somehow, despite all this, he doesn't die. He's there at the end of this sequence, never having succumbed to infection. Which is it's downright a miracle. Prosthetics. Yeah, he has. Age. He, yeah, he has what? An umbrella for an arm? And an apple, apple for an eye. Wood. Apple for an eye. That's how you. That's how uh, prosthetics work. You just plop, plop an apple in there. You're fine. Oh, boy. So Burns uh, comes to claim it many years later, uh, doesn't like that it's not all about him, burns down the house. Um, and then we see this, the first, this is again, this is a conceit they start with, like, oh, it's cursed, it's a demon bull or whatever. It doesn't really keep doing that. It just, at this, like, after this, it just kind of jumps to other time periods, but it's never really there's no more, more, it doesn't seem to be carrying any curse after this. It's just like, oh yeah, it killed Burns in this very ironic fashion that he's hanged by it. Uh, he falls off a road and hanged by the tapestry. Um, but the curse doesn't continue. And you're just like, okay, I guess they just got tired of that. <laughs> I'm going to have to yeah, figure out. It kind of does. Because in the next one, uh, the, the, like the Persian prince, I think first it goes to the Vikings, right? Okay. See, that's the thing. It goes, like, to, it goes to the the monastery, and then it gets stolen by some Vikings, which is not really a. I mean, it sucks to be those monks, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, they, uh, it's they, also supposed to be a prophecy tapestry. Like, oh, it knows what's going to happen to it, and that is left behind right here. <laughs> yeah, we never quick, see that again. No, we, it's quickly like it just becomes, I guess, washed or or worn out, so you don't see what's on it anymore because it has to become a bar rag at some point. Um. The tapestry is taken to a cathedral, and then we get introduction to the Homer Vikings. Mm -hmm. This Viking stuff is too dangerous. I'm going to become a gentleman art thief. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Hmm? What the? <laughs> Spooky. Hmm. That was the first time I knew anguish and fear. Nothing will ever staunch the pain of that memory. Oh, well, that helps. I just, I, this is, a, I just wanted to bring this up because this, in this moment where we see the bar rag absorb some spilled beer and then burp implies somehow that the bar rag has like a digestive system or some sort <laughs> hey, man, or, it has or a just having alcohol of some sort in its system affects it the same way it affects humans i guess <laughs> just y'all read into this so so much <laughs> i'm just there's not much else here greg we have to, what like what else are we gonna do with our i lives? mean i mean it's got a mouth but it that's not how it drinks <laughs> i know it <laughs> <laughs> apparently not <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's taken by Vikings. We get this flashback to where, like, it can drink. <laughs> the bar egg drinks. So that's great. Uh, we go to our first commercial at nine minutes and seven seconds. And uh, when we come back, uh, we get we go back to the Bart Milhouse thing, which is the, a B plot that just keeps coming up, but only at the beginning of Axe. <laughs> so Bart goes to apologize to Milhouse. And then when Milhouse says, okay, apologize, Bart's like, oh, I, 
I normally you apologize, so why don't you apologize? And of course, this does not work. Uh, Milhouse turns his back on uh, Bart and says, "Oh, that's it. Sorry." Uh, we also get Kurt trying to apologize to Luann and who accidentally ends up throwing a rock into her throat and choking her. And she dies, of course, because no one's around to give her the high one. I don't remember. <laughs> not, see, like you say that happened in this episode. I don't remember that. <laughs> you probably had a disassociative episode. <laughs> I, I feel like I was just like, sta- like a, a f- I entered a fugue state at some point in this. I was just staring. Probably. My brain just turned off. Yeah. So... Uh, we immediately go back to the past, uh, back to the bar rag telling its story. No transition or anything. Just, oh, now we're in ancient Persia where some Christians swindle some Persians and they give the rag to uh, uh, the Prince Nelson, uh, who is a, a random Persian prince. Uh, basically, he's the one in the story of uh, um, Scheherazade. Lisa is Shahara's on this. She's not named. She's just, oh, uh, there's this prince who kills all of his wives when they stop entertaining him. And Lisa is the latest one. Uh, Nelson is originally going to throw her into the uh, pit where he keeps all of his other wives. Uh, but Lisa uh, survives <sighs> by telling him stories. Yeah. yeah. This is. Dude, you've already discarded like 500 wives. I think it's weird that you're counting. Send in the next one. <laughs> Good evening, Your Majesty. May I tell you your slippers are as curly as everyone says? <laughs> Pitter. Wait, wait, wait. I can uh, tell you a story. Cease your dragging. <laughs> there once was a boy named Alibaba. He and his elder brother, Kasim were the sons of a merchant who traded in camels and spices and... Okay, just a couple thoughts on your direction so far. One day, while out for a walk, Alibaba was set upon by a thief. Mm. Make that two thieves. Mm. A million thieves. <laughs> Forty thieves. With her inventiveness and wit, the clever wife entertained her king for a thousand and one nights. And while he slept, she freed her imprisoned compatriots. Ah, it was cooler in the pit. And that's how the camel got its hump. <sighs> Another story. <laughs> For once, couldn't you just take a few minutes to let the previous story sink in? You dare refuse your king? Guards! Uh-oh. Yes, uh, that's the entire story. Um, at this point, uh, the women run off uh, and the bar rag gets sent to Spain, where it is used as a blindfold uh, during executions. Uh, and then it is used as the cloth underneath people's heads when they're being beheaded. Then it is Michelangelo's rag when he's painting the Sistine Chapel. This is all quick, quick, quick. This is the, like less than you know 20 seconds for each one of these. The Michelangelo one goes on for maybe 30 seconds. Uh, and then we go back to Moe's, uh, where Lenny suggests, oh, Moe, you should get a new rag. This one's kind of old and crappy. And Moe says, oh, uh, yeah, I'll think about that. And then when they leave, he holds the rag like Linus from Charlie Brown holds his blanket. And we go to a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> 
quality act right there. <laughs> we get the retelling of uh, Jehazad and Bo loving his rag. I oh boy, this is the I'm I feel sorry for you, Matt. This is the pits. This is the worst thing in this entire episode. Uh, oh, for for sure. This Persian, like the Shazerad stuff, like it's so dull and un like this is so what does this have to do with a rag at all nothing it's just like oh we couldn't think of anything so let's just rip off an old uh, an old story there's nothing here like what is how does the rag play into shahara's uh dis- distinctly there's nothing like it's not like it's it's nothing ha- nothing yeah it's just there like none oh, of this ties together at all it's just hey let's track a rag through history all right <laughs> If they were all interesting stories, like, oh, this rag has been around for every, you know, weird story in history. That's one thing. But so many of these are just, yeah, there was a thing. It happened in history. This rag was there. Yeah, you gotta, next? If you're going to force Gump it, you got to be a little bit more creative with it. A little bit. Yeah. 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 The, the rag needs to be integral to whatever it is that you've chosen out of history. But to just lay in a corner somewhere <laughs> while you tell... Uh, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you cut to the rag. Jeremy Irons sitting in a corner. <laughs> Very helpful. Very creative Simpsons. Um, we come back from commercial at 14 minutes and 53 seconds. I I keep getting these incredibly short third acts. This thing is just over two minutes long. Yeah. Uh, we get a surprisingly heartfelt uh, scene here with Bart and Millhouse, which is yeah. Like, this is I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this is probably the best part of the episode is is Bart having to uh, actually apologize to Millhouse and understand why Millhouse is upset. Yeah. Don't worry, they'll ru- ruin it in the fourth <laughs> act. <laughs> so okay, here's here's Bart pleading with Millhouse to have to get have returning their friendship. Millhouse, what do I have to do besides changing in any way to get you to forgive me? Gee, Bart. You seem, uh, how can I put it, millhouse Really? It's not that bad, is it? Oh, Bart, you'll never learn. Millhouse, you're the closest thing I have to a brother. A brother with the wisdom of an older sister. And that's why we squabble, because families always do. But in the end, they're still a family. What do you say, brother? Not bad. Did Lisa write that? Yes, I did. Now I'm going to bed. I want something that comes from you, Bart. We're done here. But, 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 the glasses are off. <laughs> Why is Lisa there? Why did Lisa go with him? I just, uh... It's, it, uh, I, I, I. Because she wrote it. She wrote it. They needed her. And Maggie's there, too. <laughs> Maggie's also yeah, there. Maggie's there for zero reason at all. I kind of like the, uh... that little punchline of her sucking on the passy. I did. Enjoy, I like. I mean, if Lisa's going to be there, put Maggie with her in like the little baby sling. I don't mind that honestly, because it is like it. It is this mo- like this idea that Lisa somehow is like always watching out for Maggie because she doesn't know if she can trust her parents to do it, um, or maybe she's just giving Marge a break. It's this. The scene is like, oh, that's that's not bad. You know, like Bart desperately like, Oh, I want my friend back. And it's not like they haven't done this before with these, these schisms between Bart and Millhouse. Yeah. But uh, those were a plots that lasted most of the episode. This is one minute at the beginning of three, beginning of three acts. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, again, I cannot emphasize enough. This is incredibly grounded and earnest. And then you are immediately cut. The next scene 
is Jeremy Irons lamenting the fact that he was once a Confederate flag. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're like, sure. Like totally, man. Like you, you're not good enough to do it. That you can't do it. Simpsons. You got to like set your sights lower. You can't bounce back and forth like that. Uh, because that's exactly what happens. We have Jeremy Irons going, I was on the wrong side of history. And you're like, okay, my God. Um, and now we're also, last time we saw what we were in, Spain for an execution, and then Michelangelo's painting the yeah. Sistine Chapel. And now we're just in America. Yeah, we jumped about 400 years. And... Across the an ocean, like I, did we see where how it got across the Atlantic? Is there not a uh, nope? Okay, I mean I'm probably glad they didn't touch a reason it could have come over on the on a on a ship. It it's, would have been way more interesting than what we got. True, uh, but also probably depressing. Like oh, this came with an indentured servant who died. <laughs> That's probably it could have been a pirate flag. It could have been anything like that see they sh- we need to go back in time greg and you can be hired on as a script uh, supervisor for the simpsons um, yeah it could have been the white flag <laughs> <laughs> waving waving that they uh they given up yeah exactly uh so the rag is a confederate flag um it, uh, now and then it becomes a, a bowl of soup <laughs> yeah so depression. depression soup I did they did they do that? Was that a real thing? I know people no. ate, I know people ate shoe leather. But the yeah. yeah, this is just like, oh, we flavored soup with it. We got a particularly <laughs> disgusting thing where Homer chops like a piece of his foot into yeah, the corner. Oh there. yeah, I, I almost had to turn it off at that point. That was vile. <laughs> it's yeah, really it's, it's gross. really gross. And you're like, why is that in there? Like no one's asking for that. Gotta get the flavor. Now we got the flavor. Um Again, that's an entirely different ep- – like, that kind of tone, that kind of joke is a very different thing. Um, and then we <laughs> cut to <laughs> the next place. My particular – Matt, you know, I know you said that you think the uh, Mil- that Millhouse Bart scene is the best scene in the episode. I disagree. Because, oh, really? really? <laughs> I disagree. Because this is my favorite part of this episode. Uh, because we go to Mount Everest. Uh, where the rag was on an expedition to go to Everest. And we finally see how it came into Moe's possession. I was part of an expedition to the top of Mount Everest, one that had the distinction of failing unheroically. <gasps> oxygen! I need oxygen! Come on, man. A few more balloons and this will look really awesome. So, worst Climbing Everest. A Yeti found me and brought me home as a present to his son. (sighs) And now my thousand-year fall from grace is complete. I guess I should be happy here with my sad but predictable... Mo! Mo! Wake up! Oh, no, I don't want to find out what's worse than you. We get a Mo origin story out of this, huh? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> also, what does blowing up balloons with helium have to do with needing oxygen? I, it just... No, he's blowing them up with oxygen because things... But they were floating. 
Pick your pick your battles, buddy. Uh, uh, no, don't worry about them blowing up balloons on this Everest expedition. This this is uh, this is and this is one of the reasons that this episode is highlighted is because of this this particular moment where we find out that Mo got this rag from, from his, dad. his dad, who is a yeti. <laughs> Mount Everest. Yep. How Mo got from Mount Everest to human society and learned English and all that. Who knows? We don't I'm know. Ready. We don't care. I, I, I do care. <laughs> I do care. I want that episode. Give it to me. I mean, that's the thing. We've had, we've had the Carl episode. Now we need the Mo episode. See, this is the stuff, Matt, where this is where they need to be. Like, this is if this entire episode was this level of heightened insanity, I think we'd be getting somewhere. It'd mm-hmm. be. It would be finally, it would be, it would, you know, we talk a lot about why The Simpsons is just bad, but it's, it very rarely gets into so bad it's good. And it needs to be this. It needs to be more, like, I genuinely find this funny because it's so stupid. Like, it is the dumbest thing. And (laughs) Baby Mo taking this rag (laughs) from his dad, Yeti, Uh that is what I want. But unfortunately, the rest of this episode can't live up to this transcendent moment. So in my head, Canon, um, his mom is human, and there was a custody battle between mom and the Yeti, and mom won. Oh, okay. See, that makes sense. See, there we go. We that's the next scene. We cut to a, a courtroom where there's a Yeti at one side. <laughs> yes. And there's a mom on the other side who, and and she and she looks a lot like Mo. And then you have like the. Oh, it's just Mo and Drag. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But you need like that's would be the next scene, and like they just don't do it. And they're just like because I guarantee you, someone just came up with that idea off the top of their head. They're just like, what if they were Mount Everest and there's a Yeti and a baby is Mo, and everyone went brilliant, <laughs> genius. It's you're, in. You're, it's in the episode now. It's better than the Shahrazad stuff, Matt. This stuff is this is more entertaining than Shahrazad. Uh, I mean, that's true, I guess. I just. <laughs> See, Matt, you're you're getting there. I do like I did laugh out loud when I read Matt's notes as I was watching through the episode. <laughs> a Yeti finds it and gives it to its baby Mo. Yes. So many questions. Lots of marks. question marks in there. He has lots of question marks. Um, but with that, in, that in, uh, we find at the end. Of, I don't know. There's no. Also, there is no conflict in this episode. There is no like. There's no tension. There's no plot. Really, we're just all we're doing is just watching scenes from history and that are somehow connected to a rag. But there's no like story. There's nothing happening uh, other than maybe Mo getting rid of the rag. Like that's a, a tenuous like concern, I guess. Yeah, the B plot has way more going for it. It does, even though it's like three minutes long. Right. Uh, so we heard the clip. Someone steals the rag at the last second, the end of an act. We only see a hand, and you're like, "Oh no, who took the rag?" Um, and it's a yellow hand, so it could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not the Yeti. It's, oh. it's not the Yeti. Which see, that's the twist I wanted. I wanted the Yeti returning. The Yeti to comes take, back and washes it for him, or just hey, this is. I want my rag back. Uh, you don't appreciate it, um, we go to our final commercial at 17 minutes and 20 seconds. Oh, and here, if you if you liked that B-plot, wait until they ruin it. Aww. So <sighs> Bart finally shows, shows up to Millhouse's house and says, 
hey, I will do anything. I will let you punch me. Or I think Milhouse suggests the punching. And Bart says, yeah, sure, whatever. And Milhouse says, well, what if I have somebody else punch you? And Bart says, yeah, sure. Who you got, puppy goo goo? And then Dredderick Tatum gets out of a limo. We cut away, and then we cut back to Bart going, ow, that hurt. Rubbing his arm. Rubbing his arm. Like, so you know okay. that the giant man didn't punch a child in the face. Of course. Just in the arm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the end of that plot. Uh, we had a conversation between Bart and uh, Milhouse about how, oh, it feels weird to be in the power position for Milhouse. So they go back to being their normal friends. So that that apology that Milhouse wanted from the Bart's heart, nah, not going to happen. He just gets uh, Dredder Tatum to punch him. That's that's how they resolve things. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> not, not a very satisfactory ending uh, in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't, you know, there's no... I, Matt, see, here's the thing. I would I would even accept the fact that there's no big, you know, for, oh, speech by Bart you know, from the heart thing if it was a funny bit. Like, oh, yeah, I brought Tedrick, Dredrick Tatum in to punch him, punch you. That's... And you're like, well... If that was the bit and we cut to Bart in the hospital <laughs> after Dredrick Tatum punched him, I'd be like, at least that's something. But this is the worst version of both of them where we don't get the earnest explanation and we don't get the silly, like, gag. We just get Bart, like, rubbing his arm. Like, it's so unsatisfactory. Like, did any did, did they read this before they made it into an episode? No, probably not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, we go back to the the bar rag stuff. Mo is out searching for his bar rag, which he cannot find. We then get a really long digression of he asks Wiggum for help. Wiggum can't find it because he's looking for his police car, which has been stolen by the two suspects who are inside of it. Wiggum then runs after them, asking for his house key. They stop. The trunk opens. Wiggum can't stop in time. He falls into the trunk then thinks uh, something is a, a piece of candy or something. I forget what. No, it's, it's a can of Pringles. Pringles, man. How dare right. you sorry, forget this very important detail. Pringles. He thinks something is a can of Pringles. Turns out it's a tear gas canister, and he floods the trunk with tear gas with him in it. And that's the last we see at Wiggum. Comedy. Hilarious. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> so funny. I Again, this is filler, Matt. I don't know if this – it can't it be more clear that this film. is just like we need some like Three Stooges stuff to fill time. Yeah, we can't fill 20 minutes, so uh, let's go. <laughs> With yeah. Wiggum uh, thinks of tear gas is a Pringles can. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Funny. So uh, we then go back to the rag. We see it being uh, run through a dryer. Uh, after it's been washed, and then we see it being folded. Very obviously in the Simpsons space, we find out, oh, Marge took the rag. Uh, Mo shows up to the Simpson house, which he was obviously nearby, uh, asking if they had seen it, and Mo learns that he is loved. <laughs> Come on in! You got my rag. But how? Well, during the town meeting, which now seems like years ago, I forgot my purse at your bar. And when I came back to get it, I saw how much you love that rag. <laughs> seemed a little ripe, so I brought it home to clean it for you. Thanks, Marge. That rag is my only friend in the world. Well, that's not true. Everyone in 
Thomas family as your friend. Your bar is the closest thing this town has to an Algonquin round table. What about that round table pizza run by that Algonquin guy? Yeah, yeah, okay, second closest. So you all like me? Even you, maestro? Millhouse. Yeah, I, I knew it was something stupid. Well, thanks, everybody. I, I'm always going to remember today as the day that I learned to open my heart to human beings and not old pieces of cloth. <laughs> Crazy me. Thinking I needed a rag for a friend. <laughs> so this is how it ends. The once magnificent tapestry tossed aside yet again like a common Kleenex. Goodbye, cruel father. And this is where we see the uh the real ending where most the the rag was basically given to stand as a little helper uh and then mo stole it back because he is still attached to it hmm? and that is it that is the end mo stole it back i'm pretty sure unless i watched the I, wrong <laughs> episode. i thought i thought i thought uh maggie was fighting with santa's little helper is there an is there a credit scene that i didn't watch matt Oh, very possibly. I swear I saw Mo grab it, but maybe I'm wrong. So, <laughs> so Santa's little helper, episode, he 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 has done with the rag, and then it cuts to credits, but then it pops back up where Maggie is doing a tug of war, and then it ends. Oh, maybe I misinterpreted something. I swear I okay. saw Mo grab it, but that, I could be wrong. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> at this I'm... point. I was also in a fugue state from this episode, so I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> We're, I'm gonna. I'm okay. So yeah, there's the Maggie stuff happens. Maggie is fighting with okay. the dog. The dog wins it. I'm sc- I'm scanning through it right now. I'm making sure that sometimes they hide stuff though in the credits, and I need to make sure that's not what happened here, which is certainly possible. If, unless Matt is just making things up and trying to. Uh, I think you made things up, Matt. Why are you telling oh, lies? Okay. Why are you just, telling just lies? Checking. Why are you telling lies on our podcast? <laughs> Sorry, I swear, I swear, I saw a scene where Mo came back and got it. It's Maggie, not Mo. how can you discern? How can you not tell the difference? Between, I get confused all the time. Man. Yeah, it's Maggie fine. and Mo—they're the same. They're the, the same character. Yeah, Matt's doing whippets before he watches the, pop, the, the episode. This is the problem with this. Man, that would make this so much better. Uh, uh, okay, that's how the episode ends. It's very—it's just again. This episode is an episode that has a, a talking bar rag by Jeremy, like that's voiced by Jeremy Irons. We find out that Mo is the child of a Yeti, and it ends like this. It ends like with his saccharine stuff, and you're like, why is it ending with saccharine? Why is it like, oh, everyone loves you, Mo? No one loves Mo. That's the whole Everybody <laughs> loves Mo. No one loves Mo. That's like, again, why, like, this back and forth of like, what is this episode? It, like, is it, do you want to make a silly thing where you have, like, there's a points in this, and this is me trying to do actual criticism to this episode and not just dismiss it out of hand, which is what I probably should do. Uh, if you want it to be like a very, it's obviously there's moments in this where it's very silly and it's very clearly, they're just like, Oh, this is a dumb thing. Let's lean into the dumb. And that's when it's at its best. That's when it's most enjoyable. But then you back and forth between like, oh, it's a cursed rag. And oh, but also we're just going to tell like Arabian Nights stories. Shahrazad in the middle of it without even any connection. We're just going to throw in the Sistine Chapel, Confederate flag. Like, well, 
what's the tone? What are you going for? It never it gets anywhere. It's just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, it, it's I think when you watch this in a vacuum, which is what, how I initially I, this is one of those, the rare, very rare season twenty three episodes. I've seen this before because oh, it's a bar rag voiced by Jeremy Irons and Mo is born from a yeti. <laughs> <laughs> but but and you're like if you watch in a vacuum like kind of like what you did greg right like you're not watching all these other terrible episodes right you're like oh this is bad and weird what's going on but when you're just watching this in sequence it's just another kind of bad weird episode. it's just another season 23 episode a lot of them are weird like this maybe not quite this weird but they're strange yeah, and it's it's that where this episode once did stand out to me. I'm like, what happens to the show when this is just normal? And I know now. I know. <laughs> very clearly, very intimately, this episode's... I, I still don't think it's as bad as the last couple. I think this is more enjoyable than the last ha- the last handful of, of episodes. Not much better, but it's the, just like the silliness of this bar rag conceit and the Yeti stuff. And like, there's moments where I go, oh, that's funny. That's silly. It's not as serious, I guess. And like, I don't know. Those moments with the Bart Millhouse stuff is good, but tonally it makes no sense. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make me want to watch more Simpsons. No, it certainly, certainly does not do that. Like, I, and I don't, if you asked us, Greg, we'd be like, no, of course not. Don't do that. The first thing we usually why? why? <laughs> the first thing we usually say to people when they put on episodes like don't watch this. Don't waste your time. This podcast is I we are like listen to our podcast. Don't watch the episode unless you're like want to punish yourself. Um but I will say that this is more enjoyable than at least the last two. Uh, Ted Nugent's not in this. I like Jeremy Irons. Yeah, that's true. Jeremy Irons is a huge upgrade from Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent's in an episode, Greg. I kind of picked that up. Voiced by himself. Playing himself. Awesome. In a political episode. Oh, gross. Yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> Hard pass. Yep, that's correct. Uh, we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken or just really freaking weird? <sighs> um, I don't know, Matt. <laughs> I don't know what to call this. What do you... I, I think? I think that if... If you look at it, there's a lot of logical movement that could have been made. There was a room for comedy with every setup, and they always just chose the wrong way to go on every single option. I think I basically yes, yeah. I think okay. Here, first the first decision. I think it is broken. Yes. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. I think it is broken. I don't know if I want to fix it. <laughs> yeah, it seems better to just say, you know what? We're out. <laughs> All right. It's... I'm telling you, with the uh, the courtroom drama between the Yeti, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been fantastic. I mean, I think that's the thing where if you're going to – it is – it's so – this episode is so strange that it's very difficult to latch onto a thing that you would be like, oh, I want to center this episode around it. You could obviously just pick the Bart Millhouse and make that an A plot and make that more of the episode because that's an easier thing to wrap your head around versus a bar rag telling a story told through multiple time periods as it travels across the, the world. But we've seen many Bart Millhouse friendship episodes 
yeah. there's never been a bar rag voiced by Jeremy Irons episode. So there's a part of me that just wants to be audacious. But I feel like it should be more of, no, The if you're going to force Gump it, like I said, yeah. think of other textiles like i would like matt you made the joke about oh it's it shape changes shape basically is any textile like make it the constitution like like things yeah. like that yeah. like make it the, the magna carta like make it like make like a a, a famous clothing throughout time or Just, stick that stick with that it's cursed right yeah, tell you know if it's if it's it's woven with demon blood wool, make it make it cause harm throughout the ages and curse those people because as soon as you're right, as soon as Burns his character dies, it it, it kind of does some bad stuff here and there, but whenever you're just a rag for Michelangelo and the Sistine Chapel, that's not. It's not a curse. And if you want to, hey, that's, I think that's the good idea, Greg, is that, yeah, it's curse. And that's why Mo is so sad. That's why Mo is so depressed. Yes. And so you, if you want to tie it back to the present day, you focus more on Mo's sadness, Mo's depression, and the fact that he's already always owned this bar rag. If you're going to lean into this stupid gimmick of this bar rag being alive and being cursed, do yeah, it. It's, it's the reason why Mo's life is awful. Right, and there's a mo, and he and he gets rid of the rag, and his life improves. Yeah, it's not. It is right. There you go. There we go. We got it. We fixed it. Easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Um, that does not resemble anything that happens in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever. (laughs) Like, what does it matter at this point? Uh, we can move on to our next episode. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comes to the news group is where I ask our patrons to leave their review for an episode. Uh, I was kind of interested to see what y'all think about the bar rag episode. Uh, and it's not, not too surprising, to be fair. From Tim, I went into watching this episode fearing the worst, but ultimately found it to just be a really boring trilogy. I did like the Bart Millhouse B-plot, and my fix for this would be to make it the A-plot. Essentially an adventure for which Maestro Van Houten has the upper hand, so we don't actually have that. It's number 415 and not canon. From Derek... This really is the pits. Everyone knows about this episode by reputation. We all think it's bad because of a talking bar rag, but it's actually one of the smaller of this thing's pus-filled warts. Right from the get-go, this made my blood boil with everyone dancing. They get to Patty, Selma, and Jacqueline dancing together with bland smiles plastered on them. I don't know why. They aggravated me to no end. I felt like clenching my fists. Cut to the Arthur meme. Uh... Every single decision in this made by the writers is so jarring, so baffling. You wonder if this is in fact made by humans and not some extraterrestrial species that thought they could parody us but hadn't really been here long enough to get us down pat. I mean, that dialogue is completely alien, especially from Bart and Milhouse. It's like these aliens selected human on Google Translate just use whatever it spat out. Then the plot is stupefying. Yes, to concede the idea of Bo's talking Barag is incomprehensible enough. Then to use that as the framing device for an anthology episode, then not even do that but instead opt for a quasi anthology episode with a barton millhouse fallout subplot running alongside four question marks 
What is going on? How did a group of people write and approve this? How could you not be so embarrassed, ashamed even, to hand something this inane to your voice artist, filled to the brim with stilted dialogue, the most nauseating jokes to get them to say it? Words are inadequate. I feel like we need new objectives invented for this direct, such as the ineptitude on display in every single respect. And on top of everything, it's just so dull. Congratulations once again to Al Jean and the gang. You've once again tried to be outlandish and once again have fallen flat on your faces because, yes, once again you used your pale gray patented blend of imitation gruel and nothing to make something that is at once insane and yet boring beyond belief. I'm away. This can burn in hell for all I care. <laughs> it's one for the ages, Derek. I appreciate wow. that. Wow. That's pretty good. Uh, from Linus. As a wise man, wise man once said, what the hell was that? While I watched this episode, I had so many questions. <laughs> is Moe's bar rag actually alive? Also, at one point, imply that Moe is the son of a Yeti. Luckily, the B-plot of Bart Millhouse wasn't too bad. Number 428, not canon. That's a good question. Like, is that bar rag actually alive? It has to be. It's presented as, as unreserved truth that this bar rag is alive. Oh, of we, course, yes. We want... Oof, oof. Oof, I think it might be alive in a parallel dimension oh, that, we, okay. that we don't perceive. Ah, okay. I understand. All right. So it's like the Toy Story toys. Yes. Alive we're not there. Yes. Okay. All right. That's good. We need to establish this. It's very important. Uh, yeah. Mitch 100. Look, I've seen worse. Not much worse, of course, but there are more terrible media experiences for a human person to be exposed to. I once saw half of an Adam Sandler movie, for example. Oh, come on. I was going to say, there's plenty of good Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. There's lots of really bad ones, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, continuing, for my money, the biggest sin of this episode is just how boring and unfunny it is. I've tried to watch it thrice now, and each time get distracted and have to try again. Maybe that explains Matt's, like, fit where he thinks Mo is back at the end of this episode. <laughs> Very possible. <laughs> Usually I will laugh at something in an episode, even a poor one, but this left me completely stone-faced. Anyway, it sucks, but it isn't the suckiest suck to ever suck. <laughs> That's fair. From Dara, Bart Milhouse story? Great. Give me more of that. The life of a tapestry? Give me considerably less. Not offensive, just boring. My hate for Ted Nugent in the Halloween episode saves this from being the worst, but it will round out my bottom three and made this the tenth best episode of season twenty-three. Oh, I'm, right there with you, Dara. I might put it. I might. I might have a little fight about putting oh. this a little higher. I might. I might. We'll see. I, I don't remember season twenty-three. I have brain. <laughs> we we are in the middle of season twenty-three, Matt. <laughs> I know. I don't remember any of the stuff we've watched besides Ted Nugent. <laughs> This is episode ten. We are halfway through the season. You know, no, even... I remember last week because the the Homer um, or Elisa making spring face, and I'm pretty sure that was one about Homer becoming a. No, that was the Ted Nugent episode. Never mind. I remember three episodes. <laughs> That's good. That's great. Finally, from JJ. I know this episode is infamous, and you guys have been hyping it up for weeks, but it's just another average bad season twenty three episode to me. Low on the list, but probably not breaking the bottom thirty. It's cut from the same cloth, pun intended, as the anthology episodes they love in these seasons, which always feel like filler. Barra aspect does make it stand out as more terrible than usual. By the time we get to quotes like worst climbing Everest and Moe's dad being a Yeti, I'm wondering how this could possibly be the same show I loved as a child. Although I'm ashamed to admit it, I laughed twice. First at Burns dancing with friends while he shows a drawing of himself with demons. And then at Moe forgetting Millhouse's name and saying I knew it was something stupid. I, I think that was my favorite line in the episode. It almost made me laugh um, as an aside. I, I did not laugh at this episode, but Mo saying 
I knew it was something stupid to Millhouse's, Millhouse's name. I went, oh, that's almost funny. You know, I almost got there. Uh, from Jay, continuing from JJ, and the B-plot could have been good if it had more time. Overall, I can think of many episodes that make me angrier than this. I think people just gravitated towards it, toward it when discussing worse episodes of The Simpsons because of the bar rag gimmick. I mean, I agree. I think that's true. But it is a... It is a, this is, I think there's a, it's these moments that really aggravate people and bring their attention to it. It's like when we have Mo's dad being a Yeti or when they acknowledge King and Kodos as existing canonically in the show and not just a Trios staple. People get gravitate towards that and get angry about that. Um, it's because they stand out. You know, it's not as sexy as like, oh, the plot just doesn't make any sense and the episode's not coherent and there's no jokes. Like that's very boring kind of criticism that it's very obvious. Um, those big things, those big moments are easier to pick apart. You're like, why is like, it's a, uh, like, you know, that litmus test for like, oh, what happened to my Simpsons? Why are Kane and Kodas just regular characters now? They're aliens. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, we're not there yet, but we're going to get there. We're getting to the point where Kane and Kodas just become characters. And you're just like, oh. I mean, in this episode, we didn't even really talk about it. Homer walks on the wall and no one, it's not, it just happens. Because that's what happens with Lionel Richie. Exactly. Lionel, I guess Lionel Richie's in the room. and Yeah, he's just in the background. And he's able to do that. He's able to give people gravity to Wall walking powers. Gravity. He's like a radioactive spider. Lionel Richie and is absolutely just like a radioactive <laughs> spider in uh, Spider-Man. You just get near him and you, you, also, walls. you also get uh, the preternatural strength of an insect. <laughs> that's it for war comments in the news group we can move on to our next segment it's time for the listener question of the week let's try one more number <gasps> yellow kbbl is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow our listener question of the week this week is what's your favorite late, late night talk show moment uh lots of lots of really good answers some i've almost i, I didn't know about and some i'd forgotten about um, but I appreciate everyone took the time. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Tim. Uh, when I'm sure it changed exactly, well, while I'm sure it changed exactly zero minds, David Letterman's response to Bill O'Reilly's war on Christmas claim is memorable. Sir, I'll leave it to smarter minds to debate this, but I think you're full of crap. And he was right. <laughs> uh, from Andy, John Stewart's 9-11 monologue when the show returned and he ended it with, the view from my apartment was the World Trade Center and now it's gone. They attacked it, he concluded. This symbol of American ingenuity and strength and labor and imagination and commerce, and it is gone. But you know what the view is now? The Statue of Liberty. The view from the south of Manhattan is now the Statue of Liberty. You can't beat that. Uh, from Zach, my answer is Warren Zevon's last appearance on David Letterman's show. He had been on the show many times before, sometimes as a band leader when Paul Schaefer was away. Warren had been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer, and David set the whole show aside to talk with him, where we got the quote, enjoy every sandwich when asked what Warren has learned from this experience. Letterman said it best after the show. It was firsthand verification that the human mechanism can exist in any form imaginable. Here's a guy dying. He's on a late night talk show, not talking uh, about his flight in from Los Angeles or his dog. He's talking about the end of his life. I'd never seen a guy, seen an example of a guy, a person go, hi, I'm here. So what's new? Well, I'm dying. I mean, the human spirit is infinite. It was confirmation of that for me. That is a really good moment. Uh, you should, if you are out there and listening to this, you should go watch that entire episode. It's really good. Uh, next up from Dara, as a wrestling fan, I have to go with Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler on Letterman. Truly a magic pro wrestling moment. I'm sure Robbie is familiar with that, but I am not. It's oh. it's great. You've never seen the the Andy Kaufman movie? 
the Jim Carrey did, Man on the Moon. Nope. Matt, Matt doesn't watch movies, Greg. I have to make him watch. I movies. really don't know. He doesn't. Matt doesn't enjoy things except for The Simpsons. So I have to make him. I don't think he even enjoys The Simpsons. Not anymore. Well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to. <laughs> See, that's what. All that's right. why I. That's why I got him on the podcast so that I could ruin this for him. <laughs> you have one thing, and I'm going to ruin it for I'm you. I'm going to take it from you. <laughs> Thank you, Robbie. I appreciate. You're that. welcome. Uh, next up from Mike, Jim Henson's appearance on Arsenio Hall in 1989. Rolf was wearing a sling on his right arm because Jim didn't have a second puppeteer on stage to operate it. It took Arsenio a while to get why he was wearing it. I've always found that aha moment to be hilarious. Uh, from Mitch 100, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but Drew Barrymore on Letterman was the first one I thought of. I'll try to aim higher at my taste going forward. <laughs> Robbie, do you know what uh, they're talking about? Yep. Okay. Uh, Drew Barrymore, uh, young, a young Drew Barrymore. Uh, I believe like 18, 19, 20, you know, you know uh, young woman, uh, I believe flashes Letterman, I think oh, is what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it was very salacious at the time. Uh, this is obviously now we're in the days of like wine mom Drew Barrymore hosting her show. So it's very, <laughs> it's a very like Drew Barrymore's career is at a very different place now. But that was what it was like. I don't even remember that was, but it was a long, obviously a long time ago, but it was, uh, you know, and nowadays that is like, not even a blip on it. If someone did that today, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not what happened again. It's not Chucks. a big deal. Yeah. It's been done. Yeah. <laughs> Next up from Aaron. I was obsessed with Letterman from 1984 until about 2000. And my favorite bits were when he got interacted with real people. His McDonald's drive through skits were hilarious and probably should have gotten him arrested. I mean, it's late night, as far as I know, that a lot of things should have gotten people arrested. <laughs> uh, from Infinite Gur forty nine twenty seven, this week's leading up to Leno's return, the, the weeks leading up to Leno's return uh, to Conan's The Tonight Show was extraordinary. Loads of drama, great guests, hilarious sketches, more drama. That whole period of time was so bizarre. And finally, from Iron Sheik eighty four, there are far too many Conan skits for me to just pick one, so I'll go with my non Conan favorite, Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler on David Letterman. I'd also like to give an honorable mention to my other favorite late night fight between Burt Reynolds and Mark Summers. <laughs> Whoa, that last one you're going to have to repeat for me. What? Yeah, that's, that's the one I'm not familiar with. I need to look that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You need to YouTube. I'm going to look that one up. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's the the tension is thick in the air. Mark Summers? The, Mark, like, yes. The double dare. Show <laughs> double okay. dare. Mark Summers. Burt Reynolds, nemesis, Mark Summers. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, Robbie, what is your uh, pick? Uh, I have to pick a Conan moment. Uh, the Texas Walker Ranger. The Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Walker, Walker Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger lever. Words. Walker Texas Ranger lever. Uh, I love all those bits. Uh, the one where we get uh, Haley Joe Osment. The clip yes. from Haley Joe Osment. Te- Walker, I have AIDS. Is the most inexplicable moment. Like, it's just. It is a brilliant uh, device, you know, Conan realizing they have the rights to play these clips and you just play this inexplicable show just divorced from context. It is always funny. And that one is my one of my favorites. And it is a thing I immediately thought of. Uh, Greg, what's your answer? Uh, so two come to mind. One of them is a bit on Conan where he would do uh, Arnold on the TV. Oh yes, that would come down and go see my new movie, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that, but but when it comes to a guest, 
Uh, I'm going to go when Macho Man was on Arsenio Hall. So good. And Arsenio Hall, he asks if uh, if he's ever cried. And Macho gives one of the best answers I've ever heard talking about it's okay for macho men to show every emotion available i'm gonna i'm literally i'm gonna hunt down this clip i'm gonna play it because that was my second choice that was my backup answer was macho on arsenio hall is so good oh it's it's fantastic oh yeah the macho macho yeah i've cried a thousand times slithered slithered with the snakes (laughs) matt what's your answer i honestly have never watched a late night episode all the way through um I mean, you I don't, you don't need to. I do can't that, Matt. think. I know, I know, but I, I, I don't watch late night anything ever. Uh, nothing came to mind. I have nothing. Uh, I mean, that Macho Man thing sounds amazing, but every time I've watched a skit from a late night show, I've wanted to immediately change the channel because they're all terrible. Matt, even Conan. <laughs> Matt, I know, I know. Wow. Matt, Matt, okay, Matt. Wow. All right, Matt. See, this is so. Let this. I'm, I could just cut all this out and save Matt the embarrassment, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to say. Uh, normally what would happen is like a normal person what would they would do would be like they would make up an answer matt could as easily have just have taken someone answer someone's answer that they used and just use that and just acted like he knew what he was talking about but instead I matt, have, but i've never seen any of these uh although i have to admit the burt reynolds mark summers thing piques my interest very heavily so, so, so you're if telling i have to pick me... one i'm gonna pick that one okay you, you you don't youtube you don't tiktok you don't do any of that Oh, I do all of those things, but, but my none of YouTube that has come across people playing city skylines and videos about oh. wind power and solar power. And oh, my TikTok my is full of people racing cats. Okay. Oh, lordy. <laughs> see, also, Matt, see, this I do want to point this out. Matt, you like SNL, don't you? I do, but that doesn't count as a late night. Okay, but I'm saying you're like, oh, I've watched late night shows and all their skits and I don't like them. I don't find them funny. Uh, uh, Saturday Night Live. A large amount of SNL is not funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That's one. Okay, you have patience for for. Uh, okay, so I also no. can recommend if you if you go YouTube, go YouTube Don Rickles on Johnny Carson. It's very good. You will not be disappointed. It's very funny. I will check that out. Or or or, or or old uh, or or Rodney. Rodney on Johnny Carson too. Rodney oh, was yeah. always Danger, Rod- Dangerfield's great. Rodney was always great. Oh, Rodney! I was like, who? Rodney? Who? <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. Get no respect. No respect. Um, those are great callbacks from like you know Carson, the old days. Um, like the classic talk show. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna leave all that embarrassing stuff about Matt in how he's not a human. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem is Matt feels no shame about that, so it doesn't really bother him. Nope, not at all. <laughs> uh, next to his question, what is your favorite Jeremy Irons project? You know, television show, movie, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm going to have to think about this, because my, my, I have an inclination, but I don't think my inclination is the right answer. Uh, I just want him to narrate Pumping Iron. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, that would be incredible. Oh, my God. Pumping Iron, narrated by Jeremy Iron. Yeah, there we go. How's that not happened yet? Why isn't Arnold... Okay. I'll post this question on uh, our, our, our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. You can email us at thesimpsonsshowpod at gmail.com or go to our subreddit, which is our The Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. 
The no Google trivia challenge where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard and try and stump the other. I have a lead, one point lead so far this season. Matt keeps closing the gap. We don't got much time to spare. Matt, give me an easy question. All right. All of your questions this week are from, oh, God, I forgot the name of the episode. I forgot to write it down. <laughs> are you okay? Matt, are you all right? Are, is there a gas uh-huh. leak in your house? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I am just fine. I uh, somehow forgot to write it down. I will find it. Uh, I don't old money. Talk like this. Old money. <laughs> <laughs> They're from old money. Uh, okay. Your easy question. In old money, what is the name of Grandpa's girlfriend who passes away? Beatrice. You are correct. This is the name of my grandma. I always remember. Aww. I know. Your easy question, Matt. These are all from Doan in the Wind. In Doan in the Wind, Homer discovers what is his middle name? Uh, It is J. The name J, not the initial. Correct. J-A-Y. All right. Uh, Your medium question. Uh, after B passes and leaves Abe $100,000, he hosts a, I don't know, an interview, I guess, uh, for how people should get the money, uh, or how people, uh, how he should spend the money. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people that ask him for money. For, this is only a two-point question, so I'm going to ask you for uh, three of them and how they would spend it. Okay. Uh, Willie wants a new bucket. Um, I want to say Lisa wants money for like a, a oh man, you asked me about season two episode, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. it's been so long. I haven't watched. I I probably haven't seen that episode since we did the podcast about it. that was like ten years ago. Um, I mean I've seen it many times. Lisa asked for I I think she asked for like music, uh, hall or something like to for community purposes. Um, and I think Burns in disguise asks for money for the nuclear power plant. Those are my three. Okay. Uh, you got two of the people right, but neither of their uh, reasons. <laughs> so I'm afraid you're getting points. Uh, Otto asks for a new school bus. Okay. Um, uh, Burns asks for the money just because. Oh. Uh, Bart uh, asks for the money for, uh, I believe it is dune buggies. Uh, Mo found a treasure map uh, in the old uh, uh, in the uh, some guy left in the bar and he wants to have an uh, expedition. Uh, Marvin Monroe asked for the money to uh, raise a child in a chamber uh, where he'll be randomly tortured. Uh, he actually has the chamber. He just needs money to buy the child. Uh, and <laughs> Professor Frink has uh, I forget what Frink's uh, invention is, but he has an invention he wants uh, funding for. And then Lisa tells Abe don't spend it on us. Spend it on the people in the world. Go out and see what they need. Uh, and he goes with Lisa's suggestion. See, I think I'm conflating it with a different episode that had a similar conceit. You are. Uh, it's the one where the oil money. Uh, who shot Mr. Burns? Oh, shot Mr. Burns had the same bit. Yeah. Okay. Your meme question, Matt. In Doan in the Wind, Mr. Burns packs his own lunch. What is in his lunch? Okay. Uh, if I remember this correctly. If you get this right, I'm going to be so angry. Oh, uh, a pillow shredded wheat, a dodo egg, steamed toast, and oh god, what is it? What is it? Uh, it's something that has a baseball card in it. I think. Uh, I, I I'm not gonna waste your time. I don't know what the last thing is. Well, Matt, you did the same thing I did because that is from Homer the Smithers. 
Oh, uh, dang it. Don in the Wind, he packs one boy- bouillon cube, one Concord grape, one Philly cheesesteak, and a <laughs> jar of garlic pickles. Oh, that's right, because they can't get the jar open, and they bring in, and no one in the plant can open it. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. I'm glad that you remember all, right. all those other details about this episode that I had to look up. <laughs> What's my hard question, man? Your hard question. At the beginning of the episode, uh, the family drops Abe off after their uh, you know weekend with Grandpa, and the family takes turns saying what Abe smells like. What three things does the family say he smells like? Oh, God almighty. I don't remember this. Uh, uh, he smells. I'm. I'm not gonna bother, Matt. I'm just gonna be make. I'm gonna be making things up. So go ahead. Just tell me the answer. I don't remember. <laughs> All right. Uh, first one is Homer. Uh, he comes down to a hallway in a hospital. Lisa says a photo lab, and Bart says the bottom of a trunk that has gotten wet. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a funnier joke than anything in this episode. Just that one joke is funnier than them saying what Grandpa smells like is funnier than anything in this stupid bar rag episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Your hard question, Matt. According to Homer's SAG membership application, what is the Simpsons phone number? I am not going to waste your clue or your time. I have no clue whatsoever. It is K- I don't remember this. KL. It's a... a well, home, that's the reason Homer searches for his middle name, Matt, is because he's filling out his SAG application and he doesn't know his middle name. He only knows his initial. Oh, that's right. And so he goes, he goes, finds the hippies who give him his, his who told him they knew his mom. Um, their, their phone number is KL5-3226. Okay. Now you know. I mean, it's always been KL5 because that's 555, but uh, 3226. Sure. Isn't that the same one from Mr. Plow, I think? See, maybe if you, remember, sure if you remember that, maybe you would have gotten the points. <sighs> I remember it now that you said it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's it for trivia. We both got one point today. We've entered this, the second half of the season, which means both Matt and I will be very stingy uh, with points because we're going to try and beat each other. I'm certainly going to be stingy. I need to play prevent defense. You're always stingy. That's not true <laughs> at all. I gave you a really easy question last week. It made me so upset you got it. All right. We can move on to our next, our last segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, as watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Uh, this episode is not good. Indeed, it is not. What is the other season twenty threes? It's not. I don't know. It's not the. It's not absolutely not the worst episode of season twenty three. Oh, gosh, no. I was actually looking at, like, the Falcon and the Doe Man. That's up at 391. I think this is worse than that, but not by much. Which one is that, Matt? That's the one with Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, yeah, the second one with Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Sorry, the second one. The one where he doesn't play himself. That's the, the, the quote-unquote history of violence episode, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, there's Boy Meets Curl. I there. Yeah, I think you're in the right spot because Boy Meets Curl is absolutely the same kind of insanity where the Simpsons go. They're on the Olympic curling team. Um, Wedding for Disaster. I think this is better than Wedding for Disaster. Um, and I think I, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I'd I think rather it, watch this than that again. I think this is also. I think Real Housewives of Fat Tony is better. So I put it yeah, in between sure. those. Is this better than Boy Meets Curl? Uh, oh. No, I think Boy Meets Crow at least has a cohesive plot. It's crazy, but it's cohesive. What is The Devil Wears Nada? I don't remember that one. <laughs> uh, Greg, what's The Devil Wears Nada? What is that one about? 
You remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell yep. you. The Devil Wears Nada is where Marge uh, and uh, the other ladies pose for a calendar, um, and they she has it's a pinup calendar, and she gets embarrassed because she's been she was drinking, um, and Homer ends up going. Uh, Homer is Carl's new executive assistant, and. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It, and then Homer goes to Paris to help with Carl. Like it's again, it's. <sighs> I think this is better than that. I yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that was so stupid. I think this is definitely better than that. I mean, that gives us a spot, then, man. If this if this Boy Meets Girl is better, yeah. and the, and then Devil Wears, and this is better than Devil Wears Nada, then that's this is where it goes right there. Um, Mo goes from rags to riches, a little higher than I think it, we I expected. I, a it lot to of be. people predicted in the four hundreds, but honestly, looking at the rest of this trash pile from the past three seasons, I'm not surprised. Yeah, we're I, we've the the the, the early twenties are probably going to dominate the bottom of the list for the most part, except for the truly terrible episodes. Um, I goes that's Mo goes from rags to riches at number three ninety four, right below Boy Meets Curl, right above The Devil Wears Nada. New number 203 in our post-Golden Years ranking. We're not done yet, though. We have one more thing to do. One more question to answer. The question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I mean, yeah. Fire, fire the cannon. Doesn't, we don't need to. <laughs> one more end in a series of ends. Goodbye forever. Uh, we don't need to talk about a bar rag and the Eddies in The Simpsons. Uh, really? Why not? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know about Moe's lineage. <laughs> yeah, I know, Greg. I need that. Write a spec script. Al Jean might take it, honestly, he, at this point. Um, we are going to work our way down to the top of the list and ask the same question about every episode. We are number 172, Bar Get Hits by a Car. Which oh definitely. season two yes, yes. yeah it stays. Bar, Bar, That's a it, fantastic episode. It's a really good. It's a fun season two episode. It's simple, but it works really well. Um, it's well written. Um, that's it for this episode. Our next episode is the daughter also rises, uh, which I don't, it's a parodying MythBusters, and it has both Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage in it. Um, okay. Okay. I'll maybe it'll I'm it'll be bad. I'm not I am not my hopes are not up anymore. Um that's it for us. You can find everything on our website, this is Simpsonshow.com and uh, find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Simpson Show. Uh Greg, plug Cult Video Vault, plug anything else you want to plug. Yeah, yeah. Definitely check out the Cult Video Vault. You can find that on everywhere you stream your podcasts. Uh you can also follow me. Greg, a.k.a. The Movie Mutant at themoviemutant.com. There you go. Uh, you can find me online at robbydorman.com. Everything I do there. I'm about to be yelling at you about a new book, so I'll spare you. Uh, Matt buy, my book. buy my book. Buy, buy my book. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is correct. Uh, technically, I spent all my time taking care of kittens, but my last kitten was just adopted yesterday, and now I'm very sad. You can relive her greatest moments at kittenturns.org or at kittenturns on Instagram, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, and I'm going to go be sad with the rest of my six cats. Oh, only your only six other cats. Only six other cats. Um, that'll do it for us. I'm Rob. And I'm Matt. And you guys are... Shh. 